Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. And welcome to the program, and thanks so much for joining us today. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website, www.cloroxhealthcare.com, to learn more about Inviting them how Clorox is keeping environments safer, please visit the Clorox Healthcare website. And today we have our two special guests, Dr. Edmund A. Hooker, MD and Doctor of Public Health, and Bruce Rippey, CEO of Trinity Guardian. And the two guests, um, both Dr. Hooker and Bruce Rippey, will be discussing the three cleaning and disinfection mistakes that put patients at risk. At this time, we welcome our guests to the program. Welcome, Dr. Hooker and um, Bruce Rippey. Thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you, Nancy. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you're both really busy, and we just appreciate your time. And uh, Dr. Hooker, um, I'm going to start by asking you, is healthcare-required C. diff a real problem today? Absolutely, Nancy. We still are having hundreds of thousands of people get hospital-acquired C. diff infections every year in the United States alone and, of course, around the world. And about 25,000 people are dying from that in the United States. It's just unacceptable that we still have not gotten anywhere with C. diff. We need to really work on this problem uh, more than we have. We've made great strides in all the other healthcare-acquired infections, but C. diff still hasn't had the big improvement that I would have wanted to see by now. Yeah, exactly. We, we feel the same way. And Dr. Hooker, what exactly are hospitals doing to try to reduce C. diff infections? Well, I think the hospitals have have done a lot of things trying to do that and unfortunately not gotten where they need to be. They have done antibiotic stewardship, which is super important, not overusing or inappropriately using antibiotics. They have limited proton pump inhibitor use to try to decrease it. And they've changed around testing to try to make sure that every infection is accurate. But by doing that, there's been some changes in the numbers that may not be actually real. In other words, I think some of the improvements in some sectors are actually just due to testing, not due to improvement. But the problem is what they're not doing is environmental cleaning at the level it needs to occur. The hospitals are focused all on the antibiotic stewardship and proton pump inhibitors, and yet they are not cleaning the rooms and the beds to the level that patients deserve. This is like a Trojan horse. If we don't take care of this, we're just exposing patients to hospital C. diff, and these patients are dying. Exactly. And thank you, Dr. Hooker, for explaining that. Um, Dr. Hooker, can you explain how C. diff is spread in the hospital, in patient rooms and in the hospital, and also in a healthcare facility? Absolutely. So C. diff is uh, unusual in that it becomes a spore, which makes it very hard to um, remove and kill it. So um, the, the hospital floors, the, the toilets, everybody thinks about them when they think about C. diff, but what they don't think about is the hospital mattresses and the bed. And we are cleaning these very soft, porous surfaces with 
the wrong chemicals and we're not removing all the C. diff spores. I've done research and others have too that have shown that hospital mattresses and hospital beds are not clean after they are totally, quote, terminally clean. In other words, after the patient's left and they send the housekeepers in there and they do all their stuff and their patient, the next patient's getting ready to go in that room and they go and culture it and there's stuff growing all over the mattress. And uh, so those things are there. The patient comes in, gets in the room, and instantly they can get C. diff infections. So the, the problem is, is we're not doing a good job of cleaning the rooms, the mattresses, the beds between each patient. And so every patient it takes the risk of getting a hospital-acquired C. diff infection when they go to the hospital. That's incredible. And Dr. Hooker, what are the chances of getting C. diff if the prior occupant in a room had a C. diff infection? Well, that's really the scary part, Nancy, is it's almost three times as likely if the last patient in that bed had C. diff, you have almost three times the chance of getting a C. diff infection because they end up pooping out stool. There is literally billions of C. diff spores that come out of a C. diff patient a day with all their stools. And so if you just leave, you know, 1% of those, 100 million of them, okay, that is, or, or, you know, a million of them, excuse me, that's still a ton of spores. And so we can very easily transmit it to the next patient. And not only, you know, we're focusing today on C. diff, but you actually, if you have any hospital-acquired infection, you're at increased risk if the previous person had a, that hospital-acquired infection. So it's almost six times that you're going to get one of those different hospital-acquired infections. And it's because we're not cleaning and disinfecting these mattresses appropriately between patients. Well, and Dr. Hooker, hospital patients are spending so much time on that mattress. Is that a fomite? Yeah, so a fomite is just an object that can carry an infection. Absolutely. You're laying on a mattress, you know, some people 24 hours a day, um, most a large part of the day. And so the mattress allows, or by laying on it, you're just getting uh, the infections. You might get it on your hands and then put it up next to your mouth and ends up in your GI tract. Um, That's the typical way of transmitting it. But it's very easy to get these into a patient. Uh, because the sheet provides absolutely no protection, and uh, the C. diff can go right through those. Okay, and Dr. Hooker, how do I know if the hospital is having an increase or is witnessing an influx of C. diff infections? Well, so the hospitals are required uh, under the Medicare regulations to report all of their hospital-acquired infections uh, to ultimately to the Medicare, uh, usually using a third-party vendor. And the, all, all of that data ends up on the what's called Hospital Compare website. So if one of your listeners wants to look it up, they just type in Hospital Compare and they can type in the name of their hospital or they can type in the area they live in and compare up to three hospitals and they just look under infections and complications and it'll say what the uh, rate of C. diff is for that hospital, whether it's 
about the same as the national average, better than the national average, or worse than the national average. Uh, and if they click on it, the, the data a little bit more to look at the actual graphs, they can actually see the number of infections. But the, the key is, is that basically most hospitals are having problems with C. diff. Uh, and so you need to, you know, a lot of times the local newspaper has run an article recently uh, where they have compared hospitals that have received fines for high, too high of infections. So that's another good source that uh, maybe save you having to go to the hospital compare website, which uh, can sometimes be a little difficult to navigate, but I highly recommend it for patients so that they know the quality of care being delivered at that hospital before they decide which hospital to use. Well, thank you, Dr. Hooker. And we're four minutes away from our first break. And at this time, would you be able to explain exactly what an antibiotic stewardship is to our listeners? Absolutely. So what we have found is, is that the people overusing antibiotics in hospitals was super common. Uh, people would be put on antibiotics prophylactically for this or that. And so people started saying, wait a minute, these antibiotics, what happens is, is when you take an antibiotic and it gets into your GI tract, it unfortunately kills off all the easy-to-kill bacteria, but it doesn't kill the C. diff. And so now the C. diff spores can, uh, C. Diff can overgrow and the spores can become active, and all of a sudden, you've got a C. diff infection. So this can happen to a very healthy, normal person when they get antibiotics, even as an outpatient, okay? So what they said was, hold on. We need to stop using certain antibiotics, okay, certain fluoroquinolones. Um, we need to only use those under very limited circumstance, and we need to not write antibiotics for a lot of conditions that don't need them. And so now in many hospitals, the pharmacy, if they get an order for a certain antibiotic or for a certain condition, they actually won't let that antibiotic be given without an infectious disease doctor being involved. And a lot of times the antibiotic can be, we can give a much simpler antibiotic, uh, less broad spectrum antibiotic. And so we don't have as high a risk of getting C. diff. I, my son even got C. diff. Uh, when he got antibiotics for a strep throat. So you can get it uh, just from taking antibiotics. So stewardship is just saying, we're going to try to not overuse antibiotics, okay? So I would challenge every one of the listeners of the program to know that they need to say, you know, anytime a doctor wants to give them an antibiotic, you need to make sure that really is necessary, that's stewardship. Uh, but in the hospital, stewardship is really trying to cut down the number of doses of antibiotics and the use of broad-spectrum antibiotics. Okay. Thank you so much for explaining that, Dr. Hooker. And can you explain to our listeners exactly about maybe a diagnostic test to confirm a bacterial infection and versus a virus? Okay. So the, that's a great question. So uh, most people that have a cough that we call bronchitis, do not have a bacteria, okay? They, are, they do not need an antibiotic. The CDC, Infectious Disease Society of America, and every other society that's looked at this has recommended do not get an antibiotic for a cough. If you have pneumonia, yes, we'll give it. But if it's just bronchitis, should not be given antibiotics, okay? And yet, 
urgent cares and emergency rooms. I'm an ER doc. I don't do it, but certain ERs. And a lot of family docs, everybody that comes in with a cough gets a Zithromax prescription uh, or some other antibiotic, which is completely unnecessary and inappropriate. And the patients need to refuse it. Just say, no, thank you. Um, Strep throat is a very uncommon cause of sore throat, actually. And yet people that come in with a sore throat, lots of people get antibiotics. No, you should have a strep test to make sure that you actually have strep. If you have strep, you should get an antibiotic. If not, 95% likely it's a virus. Don't take an antibiotic. Uh, ear infections, another one that people commonly get antibiotics. The recommendation is wait a couple of days. Most of them are viruses. You don't need antibiotics. So this is not just the hospitalized patient. This is everybody in the entire community needs to not use antibiotics inappropriately because that leads to resistance in the community. And that occurs from these antibiotics actually end up in our water system. They're not taken out. We treat with chlorine to kill bacteria, but we don't remove the partial antibiotics that are in all the water systems. And so if you take antibiotics inappropriately, you're not just putting yourself at risk, you're putting the entire community at risk. Thank you so much, Dr. Hooker. That was a wealth of information. And at this time, we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing three cleaning and disinfection mistakes that put patients at risk with our special guests, Dr. Edmund A. Hooker, MD, and Doctor of Public Health, and Bruce Rippey, CEO of Trinity Guardian. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Do you know the symptoms of COVID-19? They may appear 2 to 14 days after exposure to the virus. Symptoms may include fever, chills, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, new loss of taste or smell, vomiting or diarrhea. This can be in any combination. Any difficulty in breathing or shortness of breath, please visit your local hospital immediately. For additional up-to-date COVID-19 information, please visit the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website at cdc.gov. listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. 
Welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. We're here with our two special guests, Dr. Edmund A. Hooker, MD and Doctor of Public Health, and Bruce Rippey, CEO of Trinity Guardian. And these two guests are discussing three cleaning and disinfection mistakes that put patients at risk. And at this time, we welcome Dr. Hooker and Bruce back to the show. Thank Thanks. you, Nancy. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. And Bruce, I would like to ask you is what mistakes are the hospitals making when it comes to cleaning and disinfection? Uh, well, that's a, a, a great question. And, and I think a lot of it pertains to uh, not understanding fully how the world has changed relative to some of the equipment in the uh, hospital patient room setting. Uh, and the the manner in which uh, it needs to be cleaned and disinfected, and and so the result of that really puts patients at risk. Uh, and and then there's there's also issues in terms of uh, the and, and Eddie touched on this a few minutes ago about the increased likelihood that you can get an infection uh, from someone uh, that you follow in a room where the uh, the patient had. Uh, C. diff or another type of uh, infection, uh, and, and also the issues that come about as a result of uh, the cleaning and disinfection processes that hospitals are using today are actually causing equipment failures, uh, putting, it, putting patients at risk as well. And, and then lastly, as it relates to C. diff, is understanding that the, the uh, the use of disinfectants uh, does not kill C. diff uh, in its an entirety. There's been a number of studies that have shown that, uh, and that the instructions for use for the from the device manufacturer today under FDA guidance only requires them to uh, prove that, uh, or not prove, but to uh, recommend the use of a sporicidal disinfectant. But just because it's been recommended by the manufacturer doesn't mean it's going to have the efficacy to keep the patient safe uh, during a patient's stay and during the terminal cleaning process after a patient's been discharged. Wow, really interesting, Bruce, and thanks so much for sharing that with everyone today. And Dr. Hooker, can you explain why it's so important to clean and disinfect and uh, disinfect a hospital mattress today? Well, and, and to kind of build on your last question, too, I mean, one of the biggest mistakes is, is that people aren't cleaning and disinfecting. They are doing one-step process and trying to do it all in one deal, okay? It doesn't work, okay? So the hospital mattress is a soft surface. It uh, used to be vinyl, like your car seat, okay? but it isn't anymore. It is soft. It's breathable fabric to help prevent pressure ulcers. And so if you're not getting a clean surface, which is almost impossible uh, with, the, with the chemicals that we have today, you are basically leaving a dirty mattress for every single patient. The issue is, is that you need to clean first, which means to remove all the bio burden that you can get off of there, all the dead cells and all of the 
uh, bacteria and spores that you can get off, and then you need to disinfect. Well, guess what? Most hospitals are only doing one step, okay? And that doesn't work because the chemicals are uh, neutralized. And then the other thing that Bruce just got made a point about was that when they're using this disinfectant, they've got to rinse it off because they're destroying the mattress. And once these mattresses fail, now all of a sudden they can infect the patient. And uh, the FDA has hundreds, now probably thousands, but a couple of years ago, they already had 700 reports of mattress failures where blood and body fluids leaked out of a failed mattress onto a patient. So it is very important that when we clean, we clean in one step, we disinfect in another step, and then we inspect the mattress for damage because many, many mattresses, because of these harsh chemicals, have now failed and they're allowing body fluids from a patient to go into the mattress and then leak back out onto the patient. Huh. I can't even visualize that. I, it just, it, it's just it's really worrisome it. to visualize, I tell you. <laughs> Yes, yes. And, and, I, and I think another imagine. point to that uh, is was really brought to light earlier this year with the whole uh, COVID situation, and the, and the CDC very prescriptively came out and talked about the difference between cleaning and disinfection, and oftentimes I think users of disinfectants read on the label that it's a cleaner disinfectant and assume that from the standpoint of trying to disinfect a medical device, that that one-step process works, and it clearly doesn't. And the, the CDC, the FDA, uh, all came out during this COVID period and, and talked about that as being uh, a, a requirement, and, and it, it goes a little bit of a step further because you have visible soil and non-visible soil. And again, I think an issue a lot of times that um, uh, environmental service staff uh, fall in fall victim to is thinking, well, if I can't see it, it's not there. And so the FDA in, in all of their reprocessing guidance talks about uh, the need to remove non-visible soil with this cleaning step. So it's not only stuff you can see, but it's also stuff that you can't see and by not removing it, it blocks the effectiveness of the disinfectant that, that even bleach won't work if there's uh, soil on the surface. Exactly, Bruce. And, and, it's, and it's so true. And thanks for, um, you know, sharing that information with everyone. And I have a great question. Um, Dr. Hooker, does a bed sheet protect the mattress from bacteria getting into the mattress? No, absolutely not. The the mat the sheet does nothing to protect the mattress from the patient or the patient from the mattress. And that is actually not just my opinion, that's actually the CDC and their reprocessing and infection control guidelines say absolutely do not consider a sheet any matter of protection. Okay, that's great. And Bruce, why are mattresses so difficult to clean and disinfect? Um, doesn't wiping the mattress with a clean disinfectant uh, on the surface suffice? So there's multiple reasons why <clears throat> that doesn't work anymore. And starting off, a lot of it has to do with just the inherent design of many healthcare mattresses today. Uh, a lot of them are sewn together with um and so as a result, there's a lot of holes around 
the perimeter of the mattress that fluids can go inside. So obviously, if the fluids uh, or the microbiological contaminants get inside the mattress, you're not going to to get that back out of the foam. Uh, the other issues pertain to the weight of the mattress itself. Some of these mattresses can weigh 70 or 80 pounds, and for a staff member to try to lift that and clean the underneath side uh, is, is, a, is a real challenge as well. And then the other part of this is just understanding uh, what the disinfectant is actually doing to these surfaces. And as uh, Dr. Hooker alluded to a few minutes ago, they... Uh, really uh, decay that, that surface to the point that the, surface, the mattress fabric has fissures in it that might look like a uh, scorched earth uh, or desert with uh, cracks in the soil uh, kind of thing. And as a result, soil uh, from the patient can get trapped into those fissures and um, just become a uh, harbor for, for pathogens. And so, as a result, uh, the, the, there's inherent design issues with the product, and then there's the issue with what the fabric's doing itself uh, in absorbing the, the cleaner disinfectant during this, what is uh, referred to as a dwell time. And for listeners that aren't aware of it, the disinfectant has to remain wet on a surface for the specified dwell time of the specific disinfectant you're using. If it doesn't meet that dwell time, it does not have the efficacy that you're intending to use. And keep in mind that all of these disinfectants that are being used on mattresses today are hard surface disinfectants, and so there's no kill claims uh, associated with uh, that disinfectant on a soft, porous surface. And so as a result, hospitals have had to really start to think twice about whether they're going to follow the instructions for use uh, prescribed by the manufacturer that involves multiple more steps than a one-step process to make the uh, to meet the FDA guidelines for a non-critical medical device, and so they've added steps uh, besides cleaning or pre-cleaning and cleaning. There's rinsing steps uh, between those uh, in order. Th- that you can get to this log six reduction, or 99.9999% of the bacteria has to be removed during that process. So the combination of of the doing of it, if you will, uh, and and managing the design limitations of these products, as well as the chemicals that are being used on it, uh, really makes this a daunting task for environmental services staff members and then you add to that the complexity that the hospital needs to turn the room in 40 minutes uh, when this whole disinfection process can only take you know somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes if you follow the steps of the manufacturer. And by the way, the FDA says that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And Bruce, we're two minutes away from commercial break. Can you briefly explain what the FDA and other regulatory bodies have said about mattress safety? So the FDA issued a warning in uh, late 2017, uh, as Dr. Hooker uh, alluded to, that where there was fluid uh, inside mattresses. But they also talk about, uh, warned hospitals about using mattresses that had uh, the outer skin that was past its expected life, not following the instructions for use, using stained mattresses that can also uh, harbor bacteria. 
Okay, and at this time, thank you so much, Bruce, for giving us that explanation and information. And right now, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing three cleaning and disinfection mistakes that put patients at risk with our special guests, Dr. Edmund Hooker, MD and Doctor of Public Health, and Bruce Rippey, CEO of Trinity Guardian. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. If you missed the live broadcast of C. diff spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. Diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. And welcome back to C. diff spores and more with our special guests, Dr. Edmund Hooker, MD and Doctor of Public Health, and Bruce Rippey, CEO of Trinity Guardian, discussing three cleaning and disinfection mistakes that put patients at risk. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Hooker and Bruce, and welcome back to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and Dr. Hooker, uh, you and Bruce had given us a wealth of information before our commercial break, and We'd like to know if you have, you know, we know that you've done a lot of research on the impact of improperly cleaned and disinfected mattresses over the years. And what have you found the impact of improperly cleaned and disinfected mattresses? Well, both with my personal research and research of many others, there's clear and convincing evidence that mattresses are not being adequately cleaned. Uh, they we they still harbor tons of bacteria. You name the bacteria, I can grow it off of every mattress 
in the U.S. I, I challenge any hospital that doesn't believe me, I'll go in there and grow it off their hospital mattress, which scares me to death. So they, are all in, they all have infections. There's been many, many episodes where patients have died because bacteria were inside the mattress and they, patient after patient became infected and multiple patients died of horrible infections because of the mattress. And when they replaced all the mattresses, the outbreak stopped. So that clearly is, is proving that the mattresses are a huge problem that are being ignored. The second issue is, is that we have uh, taken the uh, laundable mattress cover uh, by Trinity Guardian and taken it and put it on mattresses and cut infection rates in half. We've literally put it in long-term care, acute care hospitals. We put them in acute care hospitals, uh, and we've cut the C. diff rate in half. And Nancy, you and I have talked about this before. This is a very personal thing for me. Okay. You've had C. diff. C. diff. My aunt was killed by a C. diff infection. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we can do anything to decrease these C. diff infections, I just don't understand why we aren't doing it. Just Mm -hmm. saying we've done it this way. We don't have enough time to do anything more than a single wipe is just garbage. And we mm-hmm. need to do better. Our patients deserve better. They deserve cleaner mattresses and beds. And, you know, using a laundable mattress cover is one way to get there. Uh, trying to do a single-step process is just not going to work. Exactly. And it doesn't. And, and we all know that And because you researched it. And Dr. Hooker, can you explain the difference between cleaning and disinfection to our global listeners? All right. So cleaning is just removing soil, okay? Uh, That is not trying to kill the bacteria. It is just trying to basically the solution to pollution is dilution is what cleaning is. I'm just trying to dilute out. I'm trying to wipe off. If I see blood on there, I wipe it off. But it's not what just what you can see that's the problem. It's what you can't see. So you've got to clean that mattress off well because if you don't, when then when you go to use a disinfectant, it can't work because bioburden, bacteria, and dirt actually neutralize the disinfectants. So if you have got a dirty mattress and you're trying to combine cleaning and disinfection into the same step, it doesn't work. And so you, the recommendation from the biggest manufacturers of hospital mattresses and beds, it, both the two biggest, is that you should pre-clean, which means wipe off any visible soil. Then you should clean... Then you should rinse off the cleaner so that it doesn't mess up the disinfectant. Then you're supposed to disinfect. Then you're supposed to clean off all the disinfectant because if you leave the disinfectant on the mattress, you destroy the mattress because these chemicals are so harsh and they're not intended for the soft, porous mattress surface skin. And then you're supposed to inspect every single mattress every single time for damage. Because if there's damage, and we have gone into hospitals and found some hospitals, you know, the published literature is about a third of the mattresses will be bad. We found hospitals with 60% of their mattresses, 80% of their mattresses were all failed and should have been taken out of, it, out of service immediately. And actually those hospitals did. So it is a huge problem. We have to do a multi-step process, and each part of the process is important and cannot be skipped. 
Okay. And Dr. Hooker, if a surface looks clean, does it need to be cleaned before disinfecting it? Well, and that gets back to what I just said. It's if you don't remove as much of the bacteria as possible and soil as possible, the disinfectant can't work. It actually is neutralized by all that stuff, so it never has the time to actually kill the bacteria that are still left on the mattress. The whole purpose of disinfecting is to try to take a mattress to a sterile condition, okay, or nearly sterile condition. The problem is, is that if you don't separate cleaning and disinfection, you're never going to get that disinfectant to get the kill claims that is on the side of the bottle, which is 99.99999% decrease. Okay, I understand that. And But can a soft, porous surface, okay, be disinfected? And also, does a UV light hospital, the UV light system that their hospitals are using, um, do they automatically take care of the disinfection of medical devices? Absolutely not. So there's a couple of issues. First of all, UV lights, uh, if you actually read the literature on them, they do not work. Okay. In the real world, they don't work. The, all the UV light manufacturers have got their devices out there, and they have taken them into a lab and killed some bacteria on a metal plate. That's how they get approved by the FDA. But in the real world, they don't work, and they have been tried. The biggest study was the Better D study, and it showed that it did not have any effect on the C. diff infection rate. None. Okay, so it didn't work, and I could, anybody that wants to send me an email, I'll send them the tons of articles showing that UV light does not kill spores. They have no uh, claims with the FDA that they can kill C. diff spores. They have no claims that they work on soft surfaces. And so if some manufacturer's rep is telling you otherwise, they're not telling you the truth. So the UV light, it'd be nice if they worked, but they don't. So uh, all of the chemicals, unfortunately, that we're using in hospitals, because they're all we have, not a single one of them is actually approved for use on anything but hard surfaces. A mattress is a soft surface. So every single time we're cleaning a mattress, we're cleaning it with an off-label use of that chemical. And that is why the hospital bed manufacturers say that that chemical needs to be rinsed off, which almost no one does. I've done studies with uh, hospital cleaning people. I've done studies with infection preventionists. And maybe one out of 100 people actually rinses off the chemical. So if they're leaving it on there, they're destroying the mattress. They're not disinfecting it. So it's just really a a horrible uh, cycle of not cleaning it, leaving it dirty, and destroying it. My goodness. All that's taking place, and it's sad to hear. But And here's we're going to switch gears, and, and I'm going to ask you what contact time is. When you're talking about contact time of disinfection, what exactly is that? Well, that's a good question. Um, so uh, contact time has to do with, for a disinfectant to work, it has to interact with the bacteria for a certain period of time. So all of the manufacturers have to show how long their chemical has to be in contact. In other words, how long does that surface have to remain wet and active before they can say it should be clean? This can vary from three minutes to 10 minutes, okay? 
And unfortunately, I think all of us have probably that are in the healthcare industry, certainly, but I think patients have even seen this where people come in and they wipe with one wipe. It's dry within a minute. It never met, met its contact time. So it couldn't work. Even if it was a perfect scenario and it wasn't a soft surface, it cannot work because it's not on there long enough. So you're supposed to use multiple wipes. You're supposed to make sure it stays wet. And then I also watch occasionally people drying it off so that they can throw a sheet on it and put the next patient on the ER stretcher. No, you can't do that. You have to let it dry on its own and it has to be wet for at least the contact time, so three to 10 minutes. And it's almost never done correctly. Exactly. And, you know, being uh, talking about C. difficile and spores, um, the CDC recommends the cleaning solution be made of nine cups of water, one cup of bleach for C. diff. However, what the, what the individuals and families forget about is it takes 10 whole minutes to have the solution on a hard, non-porous you know, surface for it to kill a spore. And so we devised a little saying to spray, delay, and then wipe away. Because if you actually you know, put the solution on the surface and then just wipe it off, you haven't killed anything, correct? That's correct. And Nancy, that you also brought up an, uh, an important point. The recommended concentration of bleach by the CDC is 10 times higher than what the bed manufacturers say their beds can handle. So it's a real problem. And that's why we're destroying these beds. And many mattresses have failed less than a year after being put in service. Okay. And Dr. Hooker, what are the results when disinfectants are not being used according to the manufacturer's instructions for the use of the cleaning? Well, as we've talked about, if you don't follow their instructions, that multi-step process, you end up with a dirty mattress. It might look clean. You might smell chlorine in the room, but it is not going to be clean. So the problem is, is if you don't follow that six-step process, pre-clean, clean, rinse, disinfect, rinse again, inspect, you're not going to have clean mattress, okay? You're just not going to. You're going to have a contaminated mattress. And it scares me that we put patient after patient after patient on dirty mattresses. And the problem is that hospitals are full to the brim, and they're trying to turn these beds over way too quickly. So an average hospital... 20 minutes, maximum 30 minutes to clean the entire hospital room, including the bed. And yet we've done time studies where it takes almost an hour to just clean the bed because you've got to clean the tops, the sides, underneath, the bed frame, all of the um, devices coming off it, all the cords, all the handles. You can't do that quickly. And so we need really the government to step in and say, you will now clean correctly and according to the manufacturer's instructions for use, but unfortunately, the government has not done that yet. No, they haven't. And we thank you so much, Dr. Hooker, for sharing all this great wealth of information and explaining to our global listeners about the importance and the steps needed to, you know, to clean and disinfect. And right now, we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing three cleaning 
uh, and disinfection mistakes that are putting patients at risk with our special guests, Dr. Redmond Hooker, MD and Doctor of Public Health, and Bruce Rippey, CEO of Trinity Guardian. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to C. diff spores and more if you have a question please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org now back to our program here again is your host nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us today with our two guests, Dr. Edmund Hooker, MD and Doctor of Public Health, and Bruce Rippey, CEO of Trinity Guardian, that are here discussing three cleaning and disinfection mistakes that are putting patients at risk. At this time, we welcome back Dr. Hooker and Bruce to the program. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you both for taking time out of your busy day to join us today. And Dr. Hooker, um, would you like to take this time before we close the program to just review the key points with our global listeners? Absolutely. So I I think the key thing that people need to understand is that hospital beds and mattresses are a key source of hospital-acquired infections, not just C. diff, but all hospital-acquired infections, and that this is because the cleaning and disinfection 
that is supposed to be done on these mattresses is woefully inadequate. Uh, it's being done in a one-step method when in actuality it needs to be about a six-step method. Uh, we are using chemicals that aren't approved for soft surfaces. And so we are just set up for failure in this. Um, and also the issue comes down to if you're talking about a C. diff patient, they put out millions and millions and millions of spores every day because of the amount of stooling. Well, that ends up all over the mattress, all over the bed. And if you do not clean adequately, you say, okay, if someone says, oh, well, I cleaned it 99%. Well, if you're talking a billion spores, you still left a million spores on there uh, if you clean 99%. Well, it only takes less than 10 spores to cause an infection. So it really is critical that uh, patients be given a clean surface to start off with, okay? We cannot continue to do this one step, I call it the wipe and dash out of the room to get it ready for the next patient. Patients deserve better. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Hooker. And Dr. Hooker, you, can you just go over again the UV light and how um, it works or it doesn't work on mattresses? Right. Well, UV light's a real problem in that uh, if you look at UV light, the physics of it tells you it would never work the way they're using it. You need to be within about a centimeter of a surface, and it needs to be a hard surface, for the UV light to work. Well, people are rolling this thing in the room, and they're you know 10 feet away from the bed, uh, or even if they're two feet away from the bed, they don't even get the underneath part of the bed or the sides or the part on the other side. So the problem is, is UV light cannot work, does not work, it's not approved even to be used on mattresses, and it doesn't kill anything that it cannot see, but it doesn't really kill much that's not within a very short distance, maybe a centimeter or so. And so it's a device that is may look cute. Uh, hospitals have bought these things at a huge expense. And the real studies that have looked at comparison of infection have found absolutely no efficacy of UV light. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hooker. And Bruce, uh, the Trinity Guardian Bed Barrier is a laundrable barrier uh, that removes 99.9999% of spores and pathogens. Can you discuss that a little bit with our global listeners? Sure. This is a uh, barrier that encapsulates the mattress as well as the bed frame to keep fluids from being uh, trapped between the mattress and the bed frame where it could be spread around easily during subsequent uh, cleaning steps, and this cover is removed between each patient stay and is laundered, and, and that's the process that really uh, uh, provides the kill rate that you just described. There's nothing in the product itself that does it, but it's all about the laundry process that the product can tolerate, and it, it's a very, very robust uh, laundry system that includes the use of bleach as well as very hot water, 160-degree temperatures, it's dried at 160 degrees, and uh, really no pathogens uh, or bacteria can survive that process. And it really protects the patient from lying on a contaminated mattress, uh, and it, it extends the, the life of the underlying mattress because you're not exposing it to all of these harsh disinfectants that mattresses um, uh, build up over a period of time. And, and that, that 
that residual disinfectant can also be an issue from the patient's uh, skin standpoint because just being exposed to all those harmful chemicals can be a problem for patients who are on these beds over a prolonged period of time. And, and then lastly, it also reduces the number of steps that Dr. Hooker was talking about earlier about the, the number of cleaning and disinfection steps it takes to clean and disinfect a bed. This, in fact, uh, negates that because at, every time the cover is laundered, it's packed, and then uh, it's put on fresh before a patient's admitted. So that, that surface is virtually sterile uh, when uh, uh, the patient's admitted without having to go through those six different steps to clean and disinfect the, the uh, mattress surface. Okay. And Bruce, what's the average barrier, um, the average life of the barrier? It takes a, uh, it, 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 they can be laundered up to about 200 times. That's amazing. Okay. And, and, and Nancy, also they are checked in between each use at the laundry. So you don't, you know, if they have failed, so you don't have wonderful. to worry about that. You know, that a hundred percent of the time the barrier works. Right. Okay, and thanks so much, Dr. Hooker, for adding that. And Bruce, can before we close the show, we have three minutes before we do, can you explain and share how individuals can be more proactive when caring and advocating for their loved ones in a healthcare facility? You know, having, having spent a lot of time uh, recently in the hospital with my father, uh, it, it's amazing uh, what has been going on in healthcare facilities today relative to COVID and, and the inability to be there with loved ones. But I, I would encourage people to uh, look at, at the cleanliness of a room. If it doesn't look clean, it isn't. Uh, and if the uh, bed looks dirty, ask them to replace the bed. Ask them to reclean the bed uh, just because the patient's being admitted into that room doesn't mean the, uh, the family has to accept it. And so I, I think people really need to be proactive in, in advocating for their loved ones that are in these facilities. And, and, you know, if they get on a mattress and they feel that it's damp, ask for a new mattress because chances are it's leaking. Uh, take the, a lot of people that I know take sheets off their hotel room beds uh, pre-COVID uh, to make sure there weren't bed bugs. And, and I, I really think that uh, it might be worthwhile looking for uh, stained or soiled mattresses uh, that are visibly soiled or stained uh, before letting a loved one get on it. Exactly. It's like to, we just have to take more initiative and that's exactly what it is. And, at this time, I want, just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Hooker and Bruce, for joining us today. We also thank you for all of your dedication and your support in the healthcare and wellness um, C. diff community. Um, you know, at this time, the members of the C. diff Foundation would like to thank our, our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for keeping environments safer. We also wish to acknowledge the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health through research and development of new products addressing C. difficile, infection prevention, treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about clinical trials focused on C. diff infection and recurrent C. diff, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org. 
and clinical trials in progress. Please help them to help you to help others. And we send out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated for and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We'll be right back. 